0: Hello, hello, and welcome to a New Year's edition of the Pick and Play podcast, where we're going to be breaking down some of the hot NBA topics. And to do that, as always, Leo, how you doing?
1: Happy New Year. I'm good. I'm actually not hungover, so I feel like I'm off to a good start this year.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm hungover. I'm a little sleep deprived. I stopped drinking at like 1.00. Uh, but didn't get really get to bed till four. You know, I had a little runway to play with to try to avoid the hangover. Um, but a team that it uh, is either hungover or worse. Uh, my Washington Wizards, my uh, hot prediction of the season. Um, how do you say could not possibly start out colder? 0 oh, five. Fuck me. Fuck yeah, that's me. A rough
1: start for the Wizards. I mean. They're near the bottom of the league in rebounding and points allowed right now. So, I mean, anytime you can't close possessions with a rebound, you're going to get hurt in the long run. you know. And I think maybe they need to look at Thomas Bryant. I know that they were really excited about him. He's a young guy who can stretch the floor a little bit. But I don't know. Maybe you look into getting a big defensive big, if possible. Because they're a top 10 offense right now. They're scoring points. Beal's top three in scoring, 31 points a game. But if you can't stop anyone, the offense isn't good enough to overcome that.
0: No, and it's nuts. They have a really good offense. Uh, they have uh, they're they're doing everything but rebounding and playing defense. And I mean, honestly, that's probably number two and three. You know, number one is put the ball in the the bucket. Number two is probably play defense, and oh, actually, number two might be rebound. Even if you you're not a great defensive team, if you can get rebounds and end possessions, it's, it's a big deal. It depends on how you're built, I guess. But right now, the the Wizards are doing none of those two things, and uh, I'm not quite gonna wave the white flag. Uh, there is some weird things going on in the rankings. For instance, Milwaukee is two and three. Miami's two and two. meanwhile Orlando and Atlanta four and one three and one. Um, it could be a weird season like we said uh, but and Cleveland's three and two. So you know I'm looking at this and I really think that this first couple weeks gonna be weird and we'll probably round into something but there's no way the Washington Wizards rebound into a top four team in the West. I mean, in the East, Uh, we do have teams like Philly and Indiana, who we thought would be good, who are already, who came out to a hot start, Um, and and, you know, if the Wizards don't get, and look, uh, Russell Westbrook's still putting up them (laughs) triple-doubles, that guy's still getting them triple-doubles.
1: Right. It, Russ has looked good to start the season. It hasn't been that efficient. I mean, he's shooting in the low 40s from the field, in yep. the 20s from three, in the 60s from the free throw line. However, you know, you fuck it a little bit. You know what yep. I mean? Like, that that's exactly what they need. They, yep. need. they need Russ doing his thing. He's getting his triple doubles. He's probably the best rebounder on the team right now. And, uh, yeah, it's looked good early for them.
0: Yeah, for him. For him. Or not for them. For them, no. Um, a team that it has looked good for uh, Trey Young. All the Trey Young fans out there, three and one. Atlanta sitting, so not uh, not pretty. There's no sitting pretty this time of year. We're too early in, but three and one better than most teams thought. Scoring a hundred and twenty-eight points a game. That's a lot more than every other team. I mean, four to eight points more than the next highest team. What are you seeing out of Atlanta?
1: Man, Trey Young looks like, and I don't want to get too hyperbolic right now, but he looks like he's a top ten player in the league right now. And, if, you know, if I'm being if I'm being really real, he looks like a top five player in the NBA right
0: now. Yeah, he yeah. is an offensive start. Now, I'll say this. I don't know what the NBA's plan is, but I, I can't watch a guy go to the free throw line as much as uh, Trey Young does. Uh, the I treatment he gets is insane. It's, it's insane. Like he's
1: getting fouled. Do you I, know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I
0: understand if if
1: people are mad that you know he's getting to the line so much and the way he's getting to the line. But I mean he is getting fouled. I know. So.
0: That's the problem. James Harden has opened this window of if you just kinda kick your legs up. I mean if you watch these shooters when they're open. Watch these shooters when they're open. Their legs never move from underneath their frame, ever. It is a straight up and down shot. That is how they shoot the ball. Now, they are athletic enough to drive into you, stop suddenly, you keep moving, you hit them, and they go up and shoot. That is what Harden perfected. I mean, Harden came out the strip club and started dropping 40 bangers on everybody. Uh, The guy just knows how to get to the line. He's an incredible shooter. I look at Trey Young as another James Harden. Um, I don't know if it translates at all when you get to the playoffs and the refs stop calling that because that's what happens to Harden every fucking year. Everyone goes, oh, what happens to him in the playoffs? The refs just stop calling those fouls and teams play better defense. Trey Young could be a destroyer of the regular season. We'll see him in the playoffs, but – maybe not this year but soon I just you know they are fouls and that's why I think it's a problem when when Trey Young's going to the free throw line 28 times in a game you're like that's a lot of game that's just doing really not much uh, the Hawks play the Nets in their next game so that'll be a really 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 fucking good matchup um, were you
1: able to catch the last Hawks Nets game uh, a couple of nights ago
0: no no missed that one
1: that game was a, it was a shootout. Yep. It, it was like a boxing match. They're trading haymakers from the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter. And yep. honestly, that, that game, even though Atlanta lost, that game was one that I watched. And by the time it ended, I said, okay, Atlanta, they might be for real. You know, like it's too early in the season to say, oh, yeah. three and one, you know, they are they one of the better teams? It's too early for that. But they really controlled that game against Brooklyn for three and a half quarters and then in the fourth, Kyrie and, and KD, I think they combined for like 32 points in the fourth quarter. It was just too much for the Hawks to overcome. But the way they played the Nets gave me confidence that they're going to be for real. And Trey Young, for as much as we get on him about his defense, I thought he looked respectable out there. I mean, if you put him on anyone who has a good off-the-dribble package, he, he's he's cooked, he's done for, he's not big enough. But they throw him on the shooter... They throw him on that guy that's just the 3-and-D spot-up guy, and he can do enough there. So I, I feel like there's some bones for Atlanta to actually be a decent team this year. I, I know we had them, or at least I had them as a playoff eighth seed. But maybe they could get a little a four or five seed.
0: Yeah, they might be able to. So here's the thing. Uh, you know, the NBA has released half of its schedule. The other half is, is still kind of in limbo. Um, and and what we get, just, just here you go. Here is who... Atlanta is playing right now okay Atlanta beat Chicago Memphis Detroit three teams we don't believe will be anywhere near the playoffs really Memphis now with Morant out you can just kiss that kind of goodbye here's who's their. then they play Brooklyn they lose to Brooklyn they play Brooklyn again today now after that here's your run Cleveland New York Charlotte Charlotte okay There's Atlanta's window, really. In my opinion, there's Atlanta's window.
1: Right. They need to go three and one in that little
0: stretch. You get yourself up to like seven and two, six and two, because then you start to. You don't get all those easy teams without getting all the hard teams later. And like we said, I don't know what Atlanta's defense is going to be. You give up 145. I know you score 141, but uh, at the end of the day. 145 given up is a shitload. Uh, You are going to run into a stretch here as January gets towards its middle point where they play Philly, Phoenix, Utah, Portland, another soft bout with Minnesota and Detroit, and then right back into Hell's Kitchen. Milwaukee, Clippers, Brooklyn, Washington, Lakers, Dallas, Utah, Toronto, Dallas, San Antonio, Indiana, Boston, Boston, Denver. (laughs) And so as this season goes, this Atlanta is going to be a team that everyone I think jumps on when they start out seven and two is legit. And then they face the stretch of schedule where they actually play winning teams. And that's where I think Atlanta is going to fall apart. However, you keep beating up on the bad teams you're going to be a playoff team so i think Atlanta's headed the right way for this and and the good news is they're going to, like i said they're going to play Charlotte back to back coming up Charlotte's in the eighth seed right now you want to push them down a little further and spread some and get some distance and kind of solidify that 8 seed for yourself you're going to get that opportunity coming up
1: right so right now they're a top 5 team you know it, again it's only been 4 or 5 yeah. games but they're a top five-team and three-point percentage free throw percentage pretty much all the offensive stats if if that just stays consistent then I think it's hard to say that they they'll miss the playoffs I, I don't I don't see how that could happen as long as they're no. gonna shoot and their roster is constructed almost purely of shooters yes yeah so as long as they can keep that up they'll be okay
0: Yep, and they play just enough of weak teams to to, to eat through that. Uh, I think the last team, the two, two teams I want to talk about last in the East before we move over. Number one, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, this is this team to me. Now, the Dinwiddle, Dinwiddie, that sucks. That injury sucks so bad. Um, yeah. Because the one thing the Nets really fucking had over every other team in the East was just... So much depth and solid depth, starter level player depth. Um, they lose that. That is a big blow, not to their championship aspirations, but I think more to the how much tread do you want to put on these tires. Uh, and he hurts their depth. I don't think it hurts them long term, though, do you? Uh,
1: I mean, if I'm a Brooklyn fan, I would definitely prefer that Woody be out there. Yeah, yeah. But in the long run, it shouldn't it shouldn't derail any championship hopes for them. What it does now is, I think, it makes an injury to Kyrie or or yeah. KD, it makes it that much more impactful if that were to happen. Because you know, when you have Dimwitty, he you know he was a twenty point scorer last year, and so if Kyrie needs to sit out a game or two, then you give Dimwitty a couple more touches and you're okay. Now you're gonna give more touches to Karis Levert, but. After Levert, who are you going to go to? You know, so it just makes the yeah. the risk of injury a little more dangerous for them. Yeah, but ultimately, I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I don't think it takes too much on their top side. I just think it hurts them from a longevity perspective. Uh, but they look to be gelling. Um, we're gonna we're gonna That'd be t- a little
1: less load management for Kyrie.
0: You well, that's the thing Kyrie's gonna have to get over is the. KD is going to need days off, Kyrie, you can't just take days off. Uh we already kind of saw that. KD took a day, Kyrie then took a day. And you're like, okay, well <laughs> sure, you know, but Kyrie, you're you're kind of in that bracket where we need you out there most nights. Like you're not in that uh okay, super vet time to relax, time to, you know, you you, you get those coming off a major leg injury type of days so uh, Kyrie is going to need to understand that KD is going to take days off Kyrie can't take the next day off after that he's got to be out there playing for them so um, I think you're going to I think we're going to be able to correlate days where Kyrie and KD are out to every single time Brooklyn loses I think if Brooklyn's at full strength I don't know of a, there aren't many teams in the east that are going to be able to stick with them through it so uh, Nets look to be a very dangerous, potent team. KD looks like he's back to being Durantula and and ready to grim reaper some people.
1: Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets, they look ridiculous. I yeah. mean, when you just, I know they're 3-2 and two right now, but the eye test says that they're yeah. going to be one of those teams that are there at the end. Because KD looks like he's KD again, and Kyrie looks good too. Healthy Kyrie, I mean, I think sometimes we forget how talented this guy yes. really is. That game in the uh, that game against the Hawks a couple nights ago, he single-handedly decided, yep. like, no, we're we're gonna win this game right now.
0: Yep. superstar. Give started. You
1: the ball every time down the floor, and we're gonna win this game, and yeah. that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, you know, 100. percent Now, it, look at all the teams that are potentially in the playoff right now of the East. They have a basically a differential of 10, um, which is the strongest differential. Uh, in the East and that comes with two losses. So this is a team that when they want to dominate can dominate and can do everything well. so um, now let's let's roll to uh, honestly, I think our th- this is the biggest hope for us and one of, we both have Embiid at 25 to one to win the MVP. The Philadelphia 76ers look like they're putting some things together four and one, top of the east they're they're doing it really right now with defense no team in the east has given up less points per game than philly philly keeping it under a hundred per game on average they could be the defensive juggernaut to the entire offensive explosion that the east is currently going through
1: yeah i think that that's kind of scary if you're yeah. you know if you're in the east because they're not scoring the ball well right now and they're still they're still four and one they're still at the top of the conference and you you would assume that at some point they're going to get going on offense right now they're 25th in scoring I don't think there's any way that they stay there throughout the course of the season so this team the potential is for them to go up you know the yeah. arrows pointing up and uh, that's a scary sight because they already look good. And Embiid looks like he's a, a, a little more focused than we've Focus. seen
0: before. Yep. Doc Rivers has come in there, done Doc Rivers things. Um, right now Embiid's averaging 26.5 per game, which is right where we need that big motherfucker to stay. Um, if he can stay right here, here's, you know, he it's almost MVP number. They need to come up a little bit, but here's where they are. 26.5, 12.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Um 32 minutes a game. So 32 minutes I like. That's right where I want to see him, right about, in order to get where we need to get. He's played four out of five games. That's kind of in line um, with with what he's going to do. Really would like to see the rebounds up to about 14, 15. But, again, in the team he's in, they have just so many people that are big that can go get the ball, uh, which is going to hurt his numbers a little bit. But we need that. You know, you need that one seed. And we got it right now. So And Philly looks good. And it's not that Philly's playing crap people. Uh, they beat Orlando. They beat Toronto. Uh, they they have their night off with Cleveland. And B doesn't play. They lose to Cleveland. They beat Washington. Um, they've got... Oh, wait, no, wait. That was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They beat Washington. And who do they have coming up next? Um What do they got? What's the schedule here? Uh, Because it looks like they're going to be able to get an opportunity uh, to further that lead if they can just kind of keep everyone healthy. They're going to get Charlotte twice, Washington, Brooklyn, and Denver. So you want to hold on to the one seed, keep beating the teams you're beating, and then push down these losers that are going to try to make their way up. But book it right now, Thursday, January 7th, Brooklyn versus Philly. TNT seven thirty. So we're gonna get the fucking Barkley crew. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the real real deal here to, to preview this game for us. But that looks like one of the first marquee marquee games of the calendar. Brooklyn versus Philly, Thursday January seventh. Uh, gonna be a hot one. Maybe maybe could be early standing for who's gonna win this win the East here. So uh, Philly looking good
1: yeah I got another stat here for you to just to pat Embiid a little bit they actually haven't lost with him on the court yet the one game (laughs) that they did lose he didn't play but in games where Embiid's played they're undefeated so far and
0: that's that's what needs to continue uh you know we've there were a lot of other candidates um but but I like where I stand and hey uh Embiid Philadelphia that defensive team that offense comes around and Ben Simmons made a three the other day did he shoot it or make it I think he made it right
1: he made it he He made made it the crazy thing about it was that he looked confident it was a catch and shoot like it looked like he didn't even think about it he just caught it and said I'm pulling and it looked good so that's what pisses me off about Ben Simmons because if if you can shoot it and it look good and go in then shoot it more yeah you know, I don't care if you're not a 40% shooter. You could be a 30% shooter. That that still adds something. Yes, you know?
0: adds something. Just some element. Honestly, him doing it early in the year here, let's see if Doc Rivers can talk him into it. Because if Doc Rivers can get – if Ben Simmons makes 25 threes this year, Doc, Doc Rivers should get coach of the year.
1: If Ben Simmons turns into even, a, even an average threat from three – He's suddenly a, a top ten player.
0: Yeah, he's suddenly a top ten player, and now you're looking at it going, I'm not trading Harden because now Ben Simmons is able to give me some space. I need Ben to be able to operate a little bit outside of what Embiid can do. I can't, I can't have him where Embiid is. He's, he's just not as good as Embiid. He's not as big as Embiid. Uh, I, I, you know, they can't both be in the paint nonstop. So uh, we'll see. Um, Embiid will take a three here and there, which gives them some space. If Simmons can start taking honest to god threes and defenses have to respect it, then Philly really has not come close to what it's capable of because they do have depth. And they, they this is going to be – if this if Ben Simmons can shoot the ball, we're in for a really fucking good playoff, man. <laughs> right, I figured Doug
1: Rivers could get a lot more out of them than Brett Brown did, and that's why I picked them as my finals team. Uh, so far, so good.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, you're right fucking on point. All right, let's flip over to the West and do some breakdowns over here. Um, Nothing particularly that is striking me at, off the gate. A uh, couple things we're seeing in the West. Uh, rest time is big. Um, it's it's going to continue to get, uh, I think, more and more important. We know that LeBron does not care necessarily about the one seed. Um, it's more about getting a top four seed for him. And I think that's where they're going to try to settle in. I don't think they're going to race for the one. Uh, we've seen AD take rest. We've seen LeBron take rest. Uh, but let's let's talk about the Lakers when they're on the fucking court together. When the Lakers are putting their best foot forward, they are offensively and defensively a suffocating team.
1: Oh yeah, well, I mean, we knew what was uh, what was going to be the deal with the Lakers going into this season. Uh, we saw them last season score a bunch of points and be one of the elite teams in the league. They changed the roster a little bit and there was some noise in the offseason saying, oh, well, the Lakers won't be able to defend like they used to be able to. Wrong.
0: Wrong. The the
1: Lakers are top five in scoring. They're 11th in defense right now, so they're just outside of the top 10. But like you said, that's including AD taking some rest, LeBron taking some rest. You know when it gets to the playoffs, those guys are going to be locked in. And so, honestly, as a Laker fan, I'm not that concerned with the regular season. Just stay healthy. Let's get to the playoffs. It's early, but you know, as long as the Lakers are a top three seed, we're cool.
0: Yeah, and that's I think that's where they're going to be, right right in that top range. Uh, right now, we have the Clippers up there. Um, Clippers dealing with kind of a, I don't know. I just, when I watch the Clippers, I'm not seeing anything spectacular. I'm just not seeing anything where I go, you're better than where you were last year. Abaka is a great ad for them. Uh, Now, Abaka instantly uh, fucking uh, uh, completely turned Kawhi into his final form, giving him a robot mask. Um, Because he fucking... I I don't... That looked gruesome, that fucking hit. Almost looked like it knocked him out cold. But um, the, the... Clippers have gone through. The Clippers have beaten the Lakers. They've beaten Denver. Uh, they've beaten Minnesota and Portland, and, and with a stretch of Utah, Phoenix, and San Antonio coming up, uh, they've got a little bit more to prove. I, I don't really have any takeaways from this team. They're the same team I saw really last year, and I, I, don't, I guess I don't really care what they do into the playoffs. They're kind of in that boat for me
1: um yeah I I think with the Clippers they're another team there are plenty of teams where you need to watch in the regular season to see what they're up to but with the Clippers it's gonna be about what they do in the playoffs so right now they look kind of average to me but they have room to grow Uh, anytime you have Kawhi and Paul George you know they're gonna be all right
0: let's take a let's take a little trip off the well hold on sorry I forgot Phoenix
1: oh thank you thank you I really want to talk about Phoenix did you know that they're the number one defense, defense. in the NBA right
0: now? Number one defense, ninety-seven point eight points a game. Incredible. They're not
1: even scoring the ball that well yet.
0: No, they're they're still trying to figure out how to move their offense. So their offense is in transition from this is at, so you know what if you want to get an idea of what Atlanta could be, I think Phoenix is the perfect example. Um, the F- Phoenix Suns have rebuilt around a star Porter, not Porter, uh, Booker, who. Um, let's be honest Booker's knock was they were like oh he's that empty calorie points he's not on a winner he scores all these points which we talked about how silly that really sounds out loud um but when you look at it now you add CP3 which is kind of grounding them and now their offense is trying to figure out how to go well we want to be efficient we don't just want to score and Chris, Chris Paul doing it again doing it again I mean we're right back here again with this guy four and one now they're at the top they're they're fighting for the top um Chris Paul joins that team they go from nowhere near the playoffs to now they've and it's not like they're they have gotten away with playing some some not the best teams but here's a list of teams they've beaten Dallas the Kings the Pelicans the jazz. That's who you have to beat to be a playoff team in the West. And they've already beaten them. Um, they have a tough schedule. They don't have anything really opening up and being easy for them till till deeper in the year. Because they're in the West, they're going to play for the next next 20-odd games. There isn't really a stretch where they're going to play two losers in a row. Um, they're gonna have to get to the second half of this set schedule and hope that it opens up. Their weakest stretch comes towards the end where they go. Memphis, Portland, Charlotte, Chicago, Minnesota. And that's still not a, a complete dregs. It's it, you know, there's some opportunity there, but you got to wait all the way till, till February to for them to get that kind of light schedule. In between there, they've got back to backs with Dallas, back to backs with Denver. Uh, they still have Golden State a few times this is this is a team that for me is legit and what makes you legit this early in the year having that defense the offense can come later as they get themselves situated but they've been 4 and 1 with just lockdown defense and asking every one of on that team just not to do too much i'm super impressed with them
1: chris paul i mean when when it comes to chris paul you you know what you're getting or they knew what they were getting yeah and the offense hasn't even been there for him yet. No. So there's there's huge potential for them to grow into an even better team. But Chris Paul, when you watch him out there, he controls the game. Even if he's not scoring 20 points, the, the game when he has the ball in his hands, it looks like he is in complete control of what's happening out there. He's a true general. And that's really, that's, I think that's rubbing off on the rest of the team. They look like they're playing with a seriousness that you didn't really see before.
0: Yeah, and that's what happens when you add a Hall of Famer who only has ever won with a cadre of players. He has continually done well. So uh, done great. I don't want to cut that short in any way. So I'm I'm really impressed with Chris Paul. Again, the point God coming through, bringing another young team up above where everyone had them. And when you ask yourself, what is, you know, how do I put this? When you look at someone like Chris Paul, and he's not exactly filling the stat sheet out completely anymore. He's doing a good job of a little bit of everything, and, and he does a little more than they need him to. Well, uh, he does just enough of where they need him to. And then you look at some of these other players that have potentially better stats, uh, like a Russell Westbrook. You really understand the intricacies of basketball. Basketball. Um, yes, the whole team is important, but you can take these great, great, great players and move them onto a team and they affect it completely differently. The maturity, the understanding, and the patience that Chris Paul has brought to the Suns have completely changed their identity. This is not a fast paced, unorganized team. Add one player and all of a sudden things start to slow down. Where you look, and like I said, best defensive team in the league. Now go over to Washington. You add all the stats in the world. You add all the stats in the world. The team plays with a reckless abandon and therefore have the worst defense in the league. And you talk about moving just numbers between teams to make yourself better. There's a whole team fit here. This is the the unseen side of the NBA. What Chris Paul brings to the locker room is more important than what Chris Paul brings to the court and i'm not saying he's not bringing a hall of fame player to the court he is <laughs> he he just adds so much more that we really can't even see so
1: i you know i think in these next couple games we're going to learn a little bit more about phoenix and i'm already a believer i think that they're going to be there for the whole season they're going to be one of the better teams in the west but like you mentioned earlier they get denver they get the clippers uh, they get Indiana and they get Atlanta in the next week or so. So I think we're going to find out a lot about who they really are uh, in these next few games. So uh, let's wait and see before we crown them. But so far, they, they look like they look like what we thought they were going to
0: look yep. like. They look absolutely stunning. And they've got, like we said, we both believe they've got room to go up. Okay, one last team I want to talk about in the West. They're currently 1-3. Their superstar can't shoot. No, (laughs) no, no, no. He had a great bubble. And it made everyone freak out and think that we were going to see this lights-out shooter who also commanded the floor. That's not happening. Luka Doncic is shooting 9% from three. Are you... At all, a little worried here. Long
1: term, no. uh, But I think he really misses Kristaps out there. He needs Porzingis out there with him because the assists are down, rebounds are down, points are down. And I think maybe he misses – I hope that's what it is, that he misses his sidekick right now because they do a lot together in the pick and roll, and Porzingis does a lot to open things up for Luka. But 9% from three – I don't see how KB coming back helps that number.
0: Yeah. It doesn't.
1: Yeah, and I, he was already not a great free throw shooter and he was an average three-point shooter, but the uh the volume is really what, you know, what was doing it for him. He takes a lot of threes. So if you're shooting, you know, 35% but you take 12 threes, you know, it's going to look good. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to jump the gun because it's only been 5 games, but Right now, he doesn't
0: look great. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, this is why we didn't. He was the MVP favorite, and obviously, it is early. But when it's happening exactly how we said it would happen, uh, you, you know, you feel good, right? So here was the side of it. He was the favorite for MVP. We both didn't really feel like that was a good bet, um, and and we had talked about it a little bit. I, I was always worried of his shooting. I thought it was going to be tough for him to get them into a top four seed without Porzingis. Because here's the other thing, everybody. Porzingis still hasn't come back. You think he's playing every night? No.
1: No, no, I think the plan is for him to come back sometime this month. I think I read early January, so I think he's getting close uh, but even then, you know Kristaps, he's got to be on the, the load management plan. He can't be out there playing 30, 38 minutes a game in the regular season.
0: No, he'll play 20-some minutes a game while he plays himself back into shape. Then he'll miss games. He won't play any back-to-backs, and every single week, every team almost has a back-to-back. So he's not going to play every single day. So if you play three games in a week, he may play two. And he's on a minute restriction for both of them. The biggest problem with picking someone like Luca for the MVP this year, for us, was that he wasn't going to have the support to get the high enough seed. Now, we'll see early in the year. But when we say early in the year, there's 72 games. The Clippers have played five games. They're going to play another today. They're going to be six. That's almost 10% of the season. So,
1: yeah. Uh, the, the, well, I mean, are you worried about Luca?
0: I'm not worried about Luca not being a superstar. I'm I kinda feel like everyone crowned him way too fucking early. Way too yeah, fucking early. I've been early. having
1: a running argument with my friends for the last couple months about him being a top five NBA player, and I'm telling I'm trying to tell them that I don't think he's top five, although I do think he's top ten. So like let
0: you yeah. Know,
1: let me not try to shit on him. But just, I don't think he's top five, and I think everyone crowned him a little early because he won two games against the Clippers.
0: Is he even top? Okay, here's the thing. If you believe he's a top five NBA player, I'm going to rattle off a list of names. You tell me who you would take. If you would take him over these players to win you one game, if, if you're saying he's the top five, and you're not, I'm just asking you to play devil's advocate and um, argue. I'm going to read I you off you. a list. I'm not even going to go into the East. Not even going to need it. I'm going to stay right here in the west. Here we go. Ready? Uh LeBron James.
1: Yeah, give me LeBron. Okay, AD. Of course I need AD.
0: Okay, Kawhi Leonard.
1: Yeah, I'm taking Kawhi.
0: Okay. So you go, okay, there's three. So at at best he could be four. Steph Curry.
1: With a uh, with a real team around?
0: Just each take the player. player. Take the player. If I could move Steph Curry onto Dallas if I could move Luka onto Golden State. Steph Curry's a better player.
1: Yeah, give me
0: stuff. Stop. okay. How about Harden? I like Harden. Though. Okay, so at best, you're the you're the sixth in the West, at best, which is fine, which is fine, and and like I don't see anybody else that you couldn't make an argument for either way after that, right? But when you look at that and you go, okay, you're the sixth in the West, you, you, you're the sixth best player in the fucking West. How are you supposed to win the MVP over uh, all those teams? How are you supposed to do that? But just from a mathematic perspective, I look at you and I go, okay. Well, every GM I believe—not every. Most GMs would take Curry over Luca. Curry's team is void right now around him, but they're still the, going to be in this. They have a, they have one more win than than the Mavericks. So you know, you, you when you look at it, if you want to add yeah, the I mean,
1: Steph Curry is a god. Let's be let's right. be clear.
0: There's six gods in the... There's five gods over there. Kawhi Leonard's a god. He's got a ring in both divisions. LeBron James is a god. Andy Davis is a god. These are god players. It's not a knock on Luka. But it's tough to crown a guy with the with, where there's somebody already in the fucking king chair who ain't leaving in LeBron, and he's surrounded by people that for the last seven years have done nothing but try to assail his throne. And they have not gotten close. So it's tough for me to put Luka in the West and say he'll have an MVP year over five players who are clearly more talented and most of them have already won an MVP. So the Luka thing for us is kind of coming to fruition. Again, we'll see. But it's just, you saw him in the bubble. He went fucking four, he won two games against the Clippers. The Nuggets then beat the Clippers and were holding Luka in this standard as if him alone can slay these teams when he can't get close to competing with these teams if he doesn't have another player with him and that's just the way it's gonna fucking be so can i give you a,
1: a spicy take that yeah i've been uh I've, I've definitely said it out loud but i don't think i put it on the internet i think trey young's better than him
0: <laughs> put the ball in the basket <sighs> trey young
1: Wow. I think Trey Young is the better player that came out of that draft. You know, I, let me say this actually. I think that he is the more talented basketball player. Okay. Okay. He doesn't have the size that Luca has, but I, I think that if if Trey Young was Luca's size with the exact same skill set, he would be probably a top three player in the league. No debate.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing size that's gonna... moves
1: him back because yes. he can't compete as much on defense. Yeah. He, he can't rebound as well. But I think I just. I think that he is a more talented basketball player.
0: Uh, There was a a podcast the other day. Uh, Bill Simmons had a podcast with uh, Jackie McMullen and Bob Ryan, uh, two great historians of the the NBA. And one thing that Jackie said was when she talked to Danny Ainge, Ainge said, just get – if I can get my hands on one of the best bucket makers – I can get any other position. I can easily go get anything else in the NBA. The top players are all the top bucket getters. And that's Trey Young. He's a top bucket getter. It's why it's important to build around that piece. Because you can go get 3 and D guys. They just fall out of the bushes. You can go and get a big. You can go and get a Hall of Fame coach. But there are only so many players... That can put the ball through the basket regularly and truthfully, relentlessly, and and that's where you know right now if you were to put, let's say, you put Trey Young and Luca equal, right? And I I don't think you're alone, man. I don't think you're alone in that in that hive. Um, but if we expand it to say, where does Luca really let rank? You're not taking him over Giannis, right? No. No, okay, I,
1: I would rather have the Defensive Player of the Year MVP.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, and here's the thing: I'm not taking him over KD.
1: No, no, give me KD, the two-time champion.
0: Okay, and now you start to get into the question of where do I bucket him? Do I bucket Luca? And so let me let me say, if I this, think
1: he's in that Jokic range where he's like towards the back of
0: the top ten. So we were talking Embiid, Jokic, Kyrie, and uh, Trey Young, right? Like, that's where you put Luka. Not not in the LeBron, Kawhi Leonard. These are multi-time winners. Get out of here with that shit. You know, it- now,
1: I want to be clear with my take. I think that, that Trey Young is the more talented basketball player. But if you ask me who I thought would win a championship first, I would say Luka. Uh, Luca's 6'7", and, you know, I've said a couple times on here that unless you have that 6'6", to 6'8", 6'9", perimeter star, it's going to be hard for you because in the playoffs they'll probably be able to key in on Trey a little more just because he's not a big guy. Yep. Uh, And so I think Luca will probably have more uh, team success long-term just because the way he's built and in his play style. I just think that Trey Young is a more talented player.
0: All right. I don't, I don't disagree. I think Luka could be the smarter basketball player, and all those things lead to him having a a, a more full career. But right, right. when we talk about MVPs right now, I think you'd be foolish or caught up in the moment to look at Luka and think that he's a clear cut. And I honestly, that's our problem. with He was 4-1 to one to begin the year with a team we didn't think was going to be in the top half of the West. And the top half of the West was going to be full of bad motherfuckers. And so it's going to be tough to say that, hey, you know who shouldn't get it? We really shouldn't give this fucking MVP to LeBron. We shouldn't give it to AD. No, we've got to go to the seventh seed and give it to Luca, who struggled to compete in the West and ended up playing along the likes of Portland. If you're going to give it to someone down, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to start opening that door, then my Dame Lillard long shot that has no chance of hitting. Starts to become relevant, and I start. I'm now starting to move Luca. I don't understand how right now, if you were to poll it, where you think he'd be in the MVP race that he'd even make the top fifteen. So, um, no,
1: I, no, the way he's shooting the ball, no, no. Now, long term, I mean, you know, for a season long outlook, I think he'll be fine. You know, he'll he'll bounce back, especially when yep. KP gets back and they can get into that pick and roll <laughs> that they love so much. Uh, but they need to get a couple wins while he's sitting. Yeah. Because in a shortened season, every win is worth it just a little bit more. Yes. You don't want to put yourself in too big of a hole.
0: It's like 1.2 times more. And here's who's coming up for them Miami, Chicago, Houston, Denver, Orlando. What, one easy team you have to beat, and that's Chicago. And then the rest of those teams are going to be tough. They just got absolutely blitzed by Charlotte. Um, they beat the Clippers while they sat everybody. Um, they lost to the Lakers, and they lost to Phoenix. So they're kind of Char- in
1: a- We need to put a little emphasis on that Charlotte game. Charlotte <laughs> yeah. whooped their whooped ass.
0: the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a weird game. Charlotte's a weird fucking team. Terry Rozier's having a, having a bit of an offensive explosion over there. Um, and,
1: you see, hey, you see your boy Lamelo Ball? He had a twenty-point game in that blowout.
0: He did. The, the guy big who, part
1: of why they blew Dallas out.
0: He he was. Look, I'm I'm gonna tell you this. Lamelo Ball, watching him shoot is very painful. Um, <laughs> and he does not shoot much. Uh, they they definitely keep that down. Just you know, on the year he's got thirty-one shots uh, out of every play. So that would be sixth on his team behind Rozier, Hayward, Bridges, Washington, and Graham. So um, we're not expecting him to... That's about where
1: you want him right
0: now. If you're going to be successful, he cannot be higher than that. You're basically starting five, all have to take more shots than him. If he's taking shots for you, you're going to be in trouble. Um, The free throw you like to see from him, 83%. You know, he is shooting 50% from three, which that is going to come down don't <laughs> he, is, he is not a sharpshooter uh, so you're going to see that down a little bit um look everything you kind of want out of him he gets rebounds he can get you he can get to the paint he can get uh, he can get buckets and you're seeing a lot of fucking heart from him which we did see out of his older brother but um once again it just it looks like he's shooting a medicine ball and i don't know how they none of those kids were taught how to shoot a fucking basketball but they obviously have every other talent in the world, and the only thing that's going to keep them from being uh, stars, honestly, is that in the NBA you have to make the fucking basket, and they, they he just cannot. So, um, no, it's it's exciting to see a player kind of get in there. Um, we're going to do a little rookie ranking as we go. I think it's just too early um, to really to really put anything together. Uh, but yeah, yeah fr- Charlotte's wait been a little longer. All right, any parting thoughts before we roll on out of here?
1: I do have uh, two things. One more thing on Dallas. They're currently the worst rebounding team in the NBA. I know a lot of people will look at that and say, oh, well, when KP comes back, they'll be okay. But KP's not traditionally the, uh, or he's not historically a very great rebounder. He's just okay. So I think that's something that they need to look at because uh, you can't be the worst rebounding team in the league and expect to get very far.
0: No, you you got to be able to bang with people, and he can't bang with – he's going to come back from that injury and start banging with people? Just the problem – you're right. The problem with the Mavs is the problems they're having, I don't see fixes for. Like, this is going to be a good team. I'm sorry. This is going to be a a team that competes in the playoffs. But KP is not the guy to be your, oh, we need more rebounds. Good thing we have KP. (laughs) That ain't fucking it. Go get Steven Adams.
1: Right, right. KP, I mean, he, he's good. He's, he might be good for 10, you know, yeah. maybe a lot. I think his averages are lower than that, but he's not going to come and suddenly fix all the problems there. No. So I, I'd like to see how they do fix those problems.
0: Yep.
1: Second thing uh, before we get out of here, just actually is uh, more of a shout out, I guess a plug. I've been watching on YouTube. There's a channel called Thinking Basketball and This channel's been putting out a a series, I guess, where they do a deep analysis of the greatest peaks in NBA history. There's only like five episodes so far, but uh, the guy's done Michael Jordan, he's done Larry Bird, he's done Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Jesus. uh, And these videos are really good. (laughs) They're really good at giving historical perspective of what kind of impact these players really had. Um, The guy, he... he, he, uh, it gives you stats that um, I guess he prorates for today's pace to, to give you true historical context, and it's just really good. And so I just wanted to say if you're listening to this and you want a little more about the uh, the historic players of the game, not the players that are playing today, I would definitely suggest checking that out. I'll send you the link uh, once we get off here. I but want that. for everyone else that's listening, thinking basketball on YouTube, that's the channel.
0: Look, uh, one thing that I think everyone could benefit from, uh, and you're kind of calling it out, is looking back at the history of the game. Uh, In in the NFL, when we do our pod, we often can stumble into this how, who, when, what, why. If you really want to know how NBA is played, formed, decided, executed, people that break things down from a historical perspective are your best bet. If you want to learn basketball, go back learn where it started and and then figure out where it's changed. I think that's a great call out. I, I, I really do want that link because I'll, I'll fucking, I get, got plenty of time to fucking put that on in the background and dive through it. That's a great call. Man, they're,
1: they're 20, the episode's about 20 to 25 minutes. Perfect. And honestly, I, I cannot wait for him to keep doing these because okay. all of the videos are great.
0: Much love to anyone who's going to explore the histories and the depths of our sports that we love. Um, so getting out of here. You can find me, Pick and Play 37, on Twitter. Find Leo, pick and scroll. Uh, You can rate, review, subscribe, reach out to us, ask us questions. We are in 2021, the home stretch of the pandemic. Let's make the Roaring Twenties a thing again. Let's bring back the Roaring Twenties. Let's make it happen. Let's stay safe. Let's round out this thing. Peace.